Hey everyone and welcome to Previously in the Multiverse. This is a DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. It is a spin-off, a sister show to Comics from the Multiverse, where me, Connor and Matt talk about DC Comics that come out every week. But uh, obviously Matt's not here. I'm Peter. Connor's sitting over there, just in case you've stumbled onto this one and not, not ever seen the main show. It's possible. Uh, but this is going to be us talking about classic DC comics, DC comic runs that have happened in the past, and we have picked five runs, which we're going to kick off with, and will be with us for a while, because, you know, we'll be doing two episodes of this per month, uh, as, as is the plan, barring schedule shenanigans, but uh, we'll be working through these five books, so the, the runs we're going to be doing, uh, that I'll tell you about right now, we're going to do the, the well, I was going to say the detective comics, we're going to do Batman post-crisis, and that's going to include Batman and detective comics, and anything else that becomes relevant uh, as we go through, meaning that when we get to things like, say, Nightfall, for example, it will start to include some other books that will be relevant to what's going on. Um, yeah. How much we include of something like, say, Shadow of the Bat when it just starts... I don't know yet. We'll kind of judge that as we go, but uh, certainly Batman Detective Post Crisis on is kind of what we're doing, which starts with today Detective Comics six, sorry five six eight Detective Comics five six eight. So that's the book we're talking about today, um, and we'll try and keep it simple in terms of like where these issues are available right now. Uh, the good thing about Batman is that so much of it's collected that it's actually kind of easy to keep along with most of this. Uh, this particular issue and most of the issues coming up from Detective Comics uh, come from Dark Knight Detective Volume 1. Notably, there is a little chunk in the middle that is a separate trade. Uh, that's Batman Year 2, so we'll point that out when you get there. But if you wanted to buy just the trades to keep up with this first few months of Batman, uh, that's the detective side of it. The Batman side of it is Batman's second chances and death in the family. <laughs> because again, much like Detective, there's a chunk in the middle of second chances that's actually death in the family. It's, it's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alternatively, you can do... Cause I, I have some of these trades already on Comixology, so I'm just, you know, whatever I've got, I've got. Um, some of these things that we're going to talk about, I, I didn't have. So what I did is I'm using DC Universe, which has yes. all of them available in the single issues. DC Universe does is available, but that's only available in one place. So for everyone else who has to buy the trades, uh, if you get them off Comixology or you buy physicals, whatever you're doing, uh, we'll try and keep you apprised of what you're going to need uh, sort of at a little bit in advance. So the Batman books, I would say, if you want to follow with the Batman issues, what you need for the next little while is Dark Knight Detective Volume 1, Batman Second Chances, Batman Year Two, and Batman A Death in the Family. <laughs> That's your your first few months of Batman. Uh, and then it'll sprawl into more things as, as it goes on but that's the the first chunk of time so uh, and it is possible as well as much as batman's only getting one slot per week right now it may actually go up when we get to things like nightfall just so we get through it in a reasonable time otherwise we'll be uh taking yeah, forever for some of that stuff it'll be a case of how our schedule's doing how we're doing with you know getting all these books done every week or every two weeks so uh and then next up we're going to do wonder woman from the new 52 which is a shorter run this is uh because obviously the batman run's going to take basically forever uh the wonder woman run here from azarello in cliff Chang is uh you know about 36 issues so there's still a couple of years in terms of the show but shorter comparatively uh so we're going to work through that uh so that's pretty easy you just did you know wonder woman volume one mm. from azarello and that's just go from there simple enough uh Oh, 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 there's an omnibus as well. Maybe you have the omnibus. Uh, and then we're going to do Mark Wade's Flash. Again, really simple to tell you what to get for this if you need to, and that's just The Flash by Mark Wade, book one. 
then book two, then book three, and book four, and so on and so on. Uh, so uh, we'll be starting today with the Flash 50th Anniversary Special, which is the first issue in that book. So that's coming up. Uh, we're going to do Birds of Prey, uh, the starting with the the kind of the origin of that uh, with Chuck, Chuck Dixon's run. Uh, we may or may not go straight into Gil Simone's run at the end of that, or we may take a break and do something else. Yeah. But I mean, that's years away anyway before we have to make that yeah. choice. And there's so. a couple of little bits between them as well. Yeah, which we might skip. I mean, it depends. We'll see. Yeah, it depends. Uh, so that kicks off again. Birds of Prey book one. Uh, there's three trades of this released actually uh, in the last few years. Unfortunately, they seem to stop doing them uh, after volume three. Luckily, on Comicsology and/or DC Universe, all these single issues are available. So uh, we'll be switching to the singles. Uh, if if you know, Connor's probably already doing the, doing the singles, but we'll be switching to the singles. Uh, after the end of volume three but they are all there uh, and, and accessible uh now i actually i did notice i was looking at future trades apart it looks like they're maybe going to do gil simone collections like starting late next year but that doesn't surprise me given we've got a birds of prey movie coming early next year or yeah, early this year so you know it was a weird one though because it was like only six issues but the page count was like 300 pages so i'm just wondering if one of them was oversized or either uh, that or Amazon's listing is just incorrect, which is entirely possible. It's been happened before, but yeah, but you know, so that's a possibility. Anyway, uh, so Birds of Prey is number four, and then the fifth uh, run that we've selected is JSA by Jeff Johns. Basically, there's always going to be a Jeff Johns slot. We could have easily just had five J- uh, Jeff Johns runs because he's done so many runs at DC, uh, but we're going to space them out one at a time, and we're going to start with JSA. Um, and likewise with some of these other ones, uh, they've been doing these new collections. It's just JSA by John's book one. Uh, I think book three either just came out or just about to come out. So Three's already out. It's already out. So they're, they're working through that. Uh, if th- we do get ahead of the trades, if they're releasing them too slowly or they stop, I don't suspect they will, but if we do, all the singles are available on both Comixology and DC Universe. So uh, again, fairly available. So... That's good. Uh, there will be at least one more slot, and there could be more in the future if we find we're, we're getting through this quite easy enough, and we're not struggling with the, the, this load of extra books on top of our, our usual show. Uh, we may add like a, a seventh or eighth slot, but there will definitely be a sixth slot uh, starting next month. And basically, this is to give you guys a, a chance to vote. Uh, if you're a patron, if you're a patron at the five dollar tier or up, uh, you'll be able to vote on what that that sixth book is going to be. Now, we have picked a theme for it. They're all Superman books. And one of the other decisions we made is that all the voting books for Patreon will all be short runs. They'll all be either 6, 12, maybe 18 to 20 at a push in terms of issue count. The idea being that we'll, there'll be a quick turnaround and you can vote again before too long. You'll get a few votes per year at least is the idea. That's the idea, yeah. Uh, so we're going to do four Superman books and I actually have them all written down here so I can tell you what they're, they're going to be. I'm just going to lean over here and very, very gracefully just whip this into shot. Yes, yes. Incredibly professionally, yeah. But I mean, Shut whatever. Shut up. All right. So, the four Superman books that will be on vote soon on patreon.com slash TV is Superman American Alien, Superman Secret Identity, Superman Red Sun, and Superman Emperor Joker. Uh, these are all relatively short books uh, in terms of issue count, although a couple of them have longer issues in them, but I mean, we'll just deal with that as it comes. Uh, so that's the four that are going to be up for vote on patreon.com slash TV. also worth mentioning that $5 patrons will also get this podcast uh, at least one day early uh, when it comes out every two weeks so yeah, there you go so that's most of the explanation stuff out the way uh, we'll also just briefly mention that this will alternate with another show called Elsewhere in the Multiverse where me and Connor talk about Marvel books and maybe some other stuff as well that we're reading um, 
Uh, I don't know if that's starting next week, though. It might be a little bit more time before that actually starts because I have to catch up on some stuff before I can really talk about what's out. So, uh, if there is an issue, if there is an episode next week, it'll be kind of a weird concoction of an episode just talking about what I've been catching up on as opposed to the usual issue-by-issue issue discussion. But we'll, we'll see how it's going. It'll be a shambles, is what he's saying. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that's coming to... So, yeah, without further ado... Let's dive in. Let's dive into the books for this episode. Episode one of Previous in the Multiverse. Uh, and for the record, Elsewhere is renumbering to number one. We're doing a, a relaunch. Oh, oh, we're doing a hard reboot, are we? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's mostly Marvel books, and they like to do that all the time. So, since, in keeping I with the, I can't argue with that. It's in keeping with the, uh, the, the, the style of the show. Uh, what we start with? Oh, Detective Comics. Detective Comics 568. Joey Cavalier writing with Klaus Janssen on the art. Maybe that's Janssen. Maybe it's a, uh, you know, the, the soft, be. the soft J. Uh, so some of these early Batman issues are going to be just a, a weird picking mix. Like I have no idea what you expect from some of these because, like this issue here, it's not like this is like part of a big story that because I mean we all hear about Year One and Death in the Family, but like, yeah, this brands itself as a crossover with Legends, but. I'm not sure how. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've never read Legends, and I don't feel like anything was really missing. Yeah, there was nothing in this that made me feel like I was missing something. It's also supposed to be uh, a follow-up to the previous issue, uh, I think. Uh, or maybe that's Batman, the first issue is maybe a follow-up to the previous one, but the, the first one that's post-crisis is what we're starting with. Yeah. Uh, so, interesting. So this is a Penguin story. Uh, penguin story is... Uh, He's got some, you know, cockamamie plan with these with these birds. He's attacking Cla- Classic penguin is what you're describing here. I mean, I guess, I guess. We start off, Batman and Robin are watching uh, uh, Godfrey. Yeah, uh, he's talking to a big crowd. Yeah, he's, he's doing his, uh, you know, his, his whole propaganda speech. Um, there's actually a, a weird line from Batman here. I feel there's a line from Batman in this first couple of pages that I would never expect Batman to actually say now. Uh, where he says that he's all of the work that he's doing is working towards a world where he doesn't have to be Batman anymore. But the way he says it just feels very unBatman like by today's standards. I, f- I felt because because Robin's all like, "Wait, what? But you, you, that's just what you do. This is this is you." It's like, "Yes, but it's all a means to an end." Kind of thing. Yeah, in a way, it actually makes me think of uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman more than it does comic book Batman. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, the idea so, is, is you know, finish the mission and then retire. Yeah, yeah. Whereas comic book Batman, like. That's never. It's been a long time since we've been thinking. Oh, maybe he's working towards retirement. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that there's been kind of the idea of that knocking around. Yeah, you know, obviously we're talking about here in you know whatever year this is, early eighties, I assume. Eighty six. Um, okay, maybe eighty seven. Um, all right, later eighties. But you know, we we have obviously all the stuff to do with that uh, post nightfall when we get there, and even the stuff in King's latest run. Um, that's kind of been a theme, uh, you know, is can Batman retire? Yeah. The thing with King's run, though, is that it's very much been, okay, here's the possibility of maybe he can be happy after decades of never thinking he could be. Yeah. Whereas this is him as prime Batman. But, like, well, by the way, um, what Robin is this? I'm pretty sure it's Jason, right? Yeah, because, I mean, I think we're a bit too late for this to be Dick, and... Because I was waiting for him to call him Jason at some point just to confirm it. But I was like, has he actually got Jason yet? Did that happen I'm, already? I'm pretty sure he does. Okay. I'm fairly confident this is Jason. It's probably Jason. It makes more sense that it's Jason. Um, yeah. Uh, 
maybe because I know we're going to be getting kind of the because this is in detective and I know Batman I think is the one that's going to introduce Jason I wonder if it's just a weird timey thing like this where like he just popped up in detective already even though you hadn't really been properly introduced yet in Batman yeah although maybe that's already happened like in the last year or so before this maybe I thought we were going to get that though in the Batman issues but I mean we'll find out I suppose in the next coming weeks but yeah yeah, that's true but uh, uh, hey ho so yeah there's a what bird was it Falcon there's a Falcon swoops in uh, and Batman has to jump in and save the day. There's some action, some, you know. Uh, and it was interesting. Obviously, we've got very different art from what we're used to talking about in uh, the modern books. Yes. Yeah. A lot of, lot of plain backgrounds. Uh, definitely a lot simpler. But that's not to say bad, per se. There's a, there's no. Always... And I wonder, because this is, it says Klaus Janssen, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, I wonder, is this the same Klaus Janssen who, you know, we work, we looked at pretty recently? I'm pretty sure... Uh, that was the artist on the the not Murphy issue of uh, White Knight. Was that him? I, I, that I was didn't... a Klaus Janssen. I'm not. Sure. I mean, how how many are there that are comic book artists? I don't know. But it was, it was a good chat because I was what was I looking at uh, recently? I don't know. It was books from like the late '80s, and I, I noticed one of the artists was Aaron Lepresti, and I'm like, oh hey, he's been popping up recently. I assumed he was like a young guy because I hadn't seen him his name before, but no, he was doing issues in the '80s, so clearly he's been at it a while. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. So anyway, they save the day. Uh, uh, Penguin's livid. He's got his box with, uh, I think, floppy disks <laughs> because of the computer codes in them. Probably. I love I love reading stories from the eighties and nineties about computers because it's like, like you, you get this impression that the writers don't really know about computers all that much. Whereas nowadays, because all writers write on computers pretty much, like they have a, a basic understanding of of computers. Pretty much, it's kind of just a a given these days. Whereas you know, back here, you got the the big giant cassette machine tape, you know, for, mm-hmm. for all the tapes and stuff. And yeah, it's 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 some it's something else, isn't it? Yeah, they've kidnapped this uh this scientist dude. Uh, and they, they throw eggs at him at one point. He's got yolk called down his face. Also, he's touching there, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah but Batman shows up to save the day, of course, uh, and stop Penguin's plan. Uh, Penguin holds the guy hostage with his, uh, you know, his umbrella with the blade, and uh, they get away. They actually get away from Batman. He's able to like back out the door with the guy as a hostage, and yeah, you know, skedaddle. It, it, it works. Yeah, so we're back at the cave. I did notice the dinosaur in the cave looked really different <laughs> to what I'm used to the dinosaur looking like. I almost wonder I mean, if there, there wasn't like a set, like this is definitely the sort of T-Rex we're drawing here. It's it's recognisably a T-Rex. He's looking a bit fat though for a T-Rex. He is looking a bit fat, I'll give you that. He's looking a bit uh, chubby. I'm, I'm not going to argue, it's a bit of an overweight T-Rex, but clearly a T-Rex. Hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Penguin's doing all sorts of shenanigans. He's trying to hold the the city hostage. Um, usual usual sort of shtick. Uh, we get a whole. I mean, this is kind of inspired. I like that like the building has a lot of scaffolding, so we get like a whole lot of stuff with Batman and the the Falcons and the scaffolding. It gives it a nice bit of a set piece moment. Uh, yeah, you know. uh, it, it's it's really inventive. Uh, and, you know the the way it, uh, you go in and out of the scaffolding. It's not just there and we're on top of it. It's 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 actually utilized. Yeah, and the uh, doctor that they've kidnapped actually uh, kind of saves the day a little bit by using a, a sound to like drive the falcons, uh, you know, 
towards yeah. towards him and Penguin. So it actually it actually kind of helps Batman and Robin a little bit. So we get a little bit of hijinks, a little bit of comedy. Like I, I couldn't help but laugh at the panel of Penguin running from the Falcons. He's got he's holding his hat on his head, and just a, it's a very cartoony run. It's a very like you know villain skedaddling at the end of a an old timey cartoon. It's kind it of is, it, it is really what Penguin was for decades. Uh, is is this? Yeah. So, no, uh, good enough stuff, good enough stuff. Uh, he has to come out and save Penguin, of course, at the end. Uh, and that's it, Penguin's been netted, he's grabbed, he's dragged back home, and that's basically it. So, uh, it's a little bit more Godfrey, which I, I assume this is the stuff that's tying into Legends? Uh, I imagine so, that makes sense. It, it didn't really feel that forceful in here, though. No, uh, it didn't, it doesn't It doesn't feel egregious by any means, because obviously we managed just fine. Um. But I, I can only assume that's what's tying in, not any of the penguin stuff. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's not a bad issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's it's a fun enough issue. Um, I thought it was easy enough to get through, and uh, the action flowed quite well. Uh, which is probably where the art really excels. Mm. Um, the you know final kind of beach just talk about is Godfrey right about the common man and how superheroes shouldn't be shouldn't exist. Because uh, he's like, the superheroes are an affront to the common man, an insult to the talents and capabilities of the common man to cope with the world as he finds it, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's kind of, we end off with Bruce kind of pondering uh, these words as he looks out the window. Uh, and that's your first post crisis Batman issue, Detective yeah. Comics 568. I actually really like that final panel with the colors, uh, with the, the orange and red uh, glows in the room um, around uh, Bruce. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Uh, and it's contrasted with the green on the outside, yeah, of the window. So it really makes it stick out as being the warm inside. Uh, maybe even emphasizing his wealth a little bit, like he's in a nice big warm mansion. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. And and the idea of you know look you know talking about the common man, this just separates him even further. Yeah, he ain't the common man. No, like even even with he's not Batman, he's not the common man. He's not a common billionaire either, admittedly, but he's not <laughs> he's not the common man. No, by any means. So. Uh, no, I thought it was fine. I, I mean, I guess we do rate these. We'll do it like we do on the main show. Uh, yeah. You know, I'd, I'd give this a solid seven. That's it. I think I'm going to go with a 6.5. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's, it's solid enough. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that'll take us on to Wonder Woman issue one. Uh, this is the 2011 series, the start of the New 52. Uh, many will be surprised that we picked something from New 52. It was mostly just about the length of the run, <laughs> more than anything else. We want we wanted a, a, a you know a lady book, uh, a leading lady, because we wanted to try and distribute the you know the the books kind of evenly amongst various things, and uh, we didn't want another run that was you know going to take like five years to do. So we settled on one that would take a year and a half. Maybe. I, tw I 24 in a year, so a year and a half. I was right. I was right. Yeah. I nailed it. <laughs> so, sure you did. <laughs> I nailed it. So, uh, yeah, so this is uh, Brian Azzarello writing with Cliff Cheng on the on the art. Uh, so, obviously, this is kind of interesting, jumping wildly from era to era here, because this is obviously propelling us into modern comics. And I wouldn't say comic telling or comic storytelling has changed that much since 2011. It's pretty much the same. Uh, yeah. Uh, we start off on the top of a building. We have three uh, ladies in dresses being impressed at this penthouse and a mysterious figure who's clearly not human 
uh, kind of smooshing yeah, them. It, it doesn't even try to hide that. It's just who exactly is he? There's there's hints even in his like his first line of dialogue, uh, but you know there's there's more later that that kind of gives you his identity. Yeah, he talks about his father, who we find out later is Zeus, and uh, he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he kind of turns these three ladies into his prophets. Uh, is basically his thing. And we don't actually get to see the result of that uh, until later in the, the book. It's not until the ending uh, kind of narration comes in that we actually get to see what they're going to say. But Because uh, you're thinking, is he just going to push them over the edge? Is he just here to kill them kind of thing? Uh, yeah, there's way more to it than that. Yeah. Uh, but then we're introduced to sort of the main part of the book, which is uh, this mysterious figure comes into a barn, beheads a couple of horses with a sickle, and then... This is actually a really gory I think technically page. it's more of a scythe than a sickle, but... Scythe, sickle? Um... Sickles are like the, the round hook one. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, semantics. I thought they were interchangeable, to be honest. I didn't realise there was a... Difference. No, sickle, sickle's the... It's like the short handle and then like the really rounded blade. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so the, the long handle is... With the just the... the, the straighter blade in comparison is, is uh, in comparison it's still round <laughs> it's rounded yeah but it's not like like a sickle is like a complete semicircle so yeah so we got a really gory page actually of like uh like a head and hands kind of like coming out the 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 stump the neck stump of of the horses and i think in this page you may be thinking it's just going to be like these evil people who come out of the horses it's actually not they kind of like also grow into the horses and they become centaurs they become centaurs yeah uh and if i have any complaint uh, about this issue it's actually when we cut into the house i thought it was a little bit jarring that uh uh, who who we later find out is hermes is just kind of here and uh, zola who's the main uh the, the woman who lives here has got a shotgun to his face um i felt a little bit like I don't know, because I, I get what it's doing here where, okay, we're just cutting in and there's already, like, something going on where, okay, she's like, okay, why are you why are you in my house? Get out yep. or I'm going to shoot you. Um, I, it felt a bit jarring to me when, when I, I cut to this 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 scene. Uh, I can see that. Uh, it is a bit sudden because, you know, you go into this, okay, it's a Wonder Woman book. We're on page God knows what at this point, uh, like six or seven. You know, we're, we're about a third through the, through the issue and... Still not even a sight of Wonder Woman yet, or even a, a, a hint of it. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's the way he turns around and says, Zola, we must leave now. It sounds like he's already supposed to be there, and he knows who he's talking to. And then everything after that kind of says, no, it's not that case at all. I almost feel yeah. like all all you'd have to do for this jarring feeling I have, of this feeling a bit weird, would just be, um, like, have her react to him first, and then have him say that line. And it'd probably feel fine. Yeah, yeah. Just to like you know, uh, who are you? What are you doing here? Or something first? Because then when he says that, like he, like he, like he, he knows her already. It would come off in the right way of being like, um, like that's the kind of the point is that she doesn't know him, but he's speaking like he does. But because he says that line first before she gets to react, I kind of take that as my first impression of the scene. So instead of yeah. knowing that it's it's wrong, I'm like, oh wait, okay, it's, oh okay. And then you learn that it's wrong, and it's like that was a bit weird. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that actually. Uh, so oh, that's my one, that's my one real complaint. So she screams at him to get out. Uh, unfortunately, he Hermes gets uh, arrowed, <laughs> uh, and then the centaurs come running in, uh, looking particularly demonic. Um, yeah, I love the designs of these things. Uh, Zola is obviously shitting herself. Uh, Hermes throws her a key. The key makes a teleport uh, to London and to Wonder Woman's apartment. 
and uh, she wakes Wonder Woman up. Wonder Woman like grabs her by and is like, "What are you doing here?" This is very definitely a, an angrier Wonder Woman than. Uh... Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely like I think she's caught off guard here as well. It's like, okay, someone's creeping into my apartment. That you know, probably not a good sign. Usually, uh, some you know warrior instincts might kick in. Yeah. Um, so. Do you know what the first thing is? is it's been long enough for the New 52 that I'd forgotten what her outfit looked like. So... <laughs> yeah, so, me too, actually. So, you know, there's a build-up of her going to get go to her closet, and she's like, okay, I recognise that key, we're going to do this stuff, I'll help you. Let's uh, find out what's going on. And Zola realises, oh, you're Wonder Woman. And when I saw the page of her in her outfit, I went, oh yeah, this is the outfit. <laughs> I don't hate it that much. It's fine. I don't love it, but it's, it's fine. I must. Do you know what? It's 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 mediocre. It's not terrible, but like, like it's one of those things where it just reminds me of the whole new Fifty Two. I I think it's yeah. It's I think it's only really bad because of the the context around it. Of okay, you know what this is. Um, I think if if this was a design in just you know the next Wonder Woman story that that's not Orlando. Let's pretend it was someone good. Um, but. You know the ne- the next story, and this is the outfit, and this is that's the first time you ever see it. I don't think it's a bad design. I don't think you'd mind. Yeah, but I cannot see that and not see that line up the Jim Lee drew of all of them. Yeah, no, that's together. a very fair complaint. It it, it, uh, it, yeah. it gives me nightmares of a dark time. <laughs> a dark yeah. dark time. Uh, Zola actually goes to trick Wonder Woman because she's going to give her the key, but then sort of grabs her hand activates and activates it, yeah, and they teleport back to the farm. Uh, and Wonder Woman gives her a little remark about it, but ultimately, okay, we're here now, let's see what's going on. And, uh, you know, we get Wonder Woman diving into action, she does the whole crossing the arms to block an arrow, so really, it's probably the best art moment of the, the issue, potentially. And, and that's saying when it's a, it's a really strong issue for art. Oh yeah, no, it is. It's, it's, the art is pretty solid um, throughout. It, the Obviously, the gory stuff I like, uh, but this is kind of your big moment uh of the you know it's a classic Action, yeah. it's a classic wonder woman moment this is this is the equivalent of the page in a superman issue one where he rips open the shirt for the first time like that, that's this is kind of yeah, that moment definitely uh so we get a bit of action the centaurs kind of run around and chase zola wonder woman has to intervene yeah she t- takes one of the swords yeah throws it at one of the other ones cuts off an arm not, not a bit of gore uh, I will appreciate. I did appreciate the gore. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and then she lassoes Zola to to bring her back. Yeah. So, uh, but this is when we find out it's Hermes because Diana recognizes him and is like, "Hermes, what are you doing?" And yeah. talks about how Zeus has a child who's on Earth. It's not a big stretch to realize that this is probably the dude that we're looking at in the first first scene. Yep. Uh, and that we find out that this uh, this this Zola is pregnant. Uh, by Zeus, this is a new sibling for this character, yeah. uh, and she's like, "Ah, oh, shit." Yeah, because clearly she's like, "Okay, yeah, I did have sex. I didn't realize I <laughs> had sex with Zeus." <laughs> <laughs> that is classic Zeus, though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, so that's when we finally come back to the 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 you know this other son. Uh, I mean, do we actually know the name of this character? Yeah, we do. Um, this is uh, Apollo. Um, okay, cool. There's a big hint, uh, you know. Uh, you know, he, he bursts into flame in a minute. You know, he becomes like the the sun, because uh, Apollo is the sun god. Um, one of the biggest hints is actually really early on, you know, in his first line, where he says, "I'm the son of a king." Um, he says, "Son," as in S U N. Ah, yeah, I didn't notice that, uh, and I assumed it was intentional and not a mistake. Uh, yeah, but I don't know 
these myths enough to <laughs> yeah. get why. Uh, but cool, so it's Apollo. Uh, and he actually burns, after the, the three women uh, give the, the information that he needs, uh, he burns them. We see their, their bones and flames falling to the, the street below. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, basically the prophecy is, you know, one of, one of your father's children will murder another and take their place. Hmm. So and he's worried it's, it's, it's him. Plan. Yeah, and he's worried it's him, of course. So, yeah. and that's actually the end of the issue is the, the flaming bones fall into the fall into the street below. Uh, it's a pretty solid first issue. Uh, like I said, I had that one nitpick of the, the jarring transition. Uh, yeah. I, I think everything is so. I think my one, my honestly, my biggest thing about this issue is that I'm so used to Diana being uh, more approachable and kind in this that uh, it she feels a bit mean almost even though she actually does help her and she does all the right things she she feels like she's more how do i put this she's more of like an 80s action movie like disgruntled hero in this as opposed to i get what you're saying i actually think it's only just because of that first interaction where she's startled in her own bed after okay. that i think she's actually really quite you know approachable like you know when uh when zola activates the key and takes them back and she's like oh that was stupid and so I was like, yeah, sorry. She goes, no, 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 I meant stupid of me to, you know, to, to fall for this. Yeah. Um, but, she's not ever, like, blaming her for the situation. Yeah, but even that lane, it feels a bit more like, even though she's mad at herself, it feels a bit more, there's more bite to it than she normally would be of herself. It's less graceful, I guess, is what I'm saying. I get that. Yeah. You know, so she's got more of an attitude, uh, not only to others, but herself. It's, mm. it's, her personality is just a little bit different. Um, and I will say, I don't necessarily think I like this personality compared to the you know, traditional Wonder Woman, uh, or, you know, the runs that I've enjoyed of Wonder Woman. So, uh, it has that kind of going against it, but the issue itself is pretty solid, and I do like the gory stuff, so, uh... Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. We, we're introducing, okay, all this Greek mythology stuff, these really intriguing designs for the gods, because they're completely different to, to anything else. And um, I think the art's fantastic. I think Matt Wilson's colours really complement the book in, uh, a lot. Um like at the end with the sunrise, uh, for example, or all the stuff in the barn with the with the horses. I think the colours are really selling these moments for me. Uh, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of this as a first issue. But I agree with the the uh, th- that first moment between uh, Hermes and Zola plays a little strange. Yeah. All right, we give it. A- I'm going to give it eight point five. Uh, I will give it the straight eight. So, yeah, 10 from me. Uh, that will take us on to the Flash 50th Anniversary Special, uh, number one, I guess. I don't know if I actually said number one at the end, but... It, you, it, it does, yeah. Usually they do. Usually they do. Uh, so this, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, is an 80-page book, which uh, I don't think we realised uh, before we agreed to do this. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, we just have to take these as they come. Sometimes there's going to be oversized books and we just have to deal with that. But uh, 80 pages is a lot. <laughs> 8 pages is, like, a lot. So I won't tell you the creators just now because it's different per story. So Mark Wade does the wraparound in this, uh, which is why it's part of the start of his kind of, like, collection, his run. Yeah, um, and there's definitely something that it, it feels like it's seeding for that. Yeah. But his is actually, like, one of the smaller parts of the book overall. Well, it feels that way at first because it's only a couple of pages at the start, but the actual last chunk of it is almost the same length as uh, the other chunks. Oh, is it? it yeah. Okay, fair enough. Because my, my memory playing tricks on me. Because the other stories are about 15, 16 pages each. Because uh, basically, with the way this, this, this story structures, there's a couple of pages at the start of this character, this John... Uh, something. John... Fox. John Fox. 
going to the past. He's in the future. This is kind of in, in the future. Uh, Central City's been decimated. It's tw- 2645. Oh, there you go. The exact date. And he's coming back in time. He's going to try and recruit the Flashes. So he tries to go back to, to recruit Jay Garrick, but each time he goes back, he's only got like an hour in each time period. So he tries to get Jay Garrick, so we get like a 15 or so page Jay Garrick story uh, with this uh, John Fox trying to get to him. Although that's kind of small, a small part of it. He just kind of pops in once or twice to try and talk to him. Uh, and then the same thing happens, 15 or so pages of Barry, and then 15 or so pages of Wally. So it's, it's kind of an idea of like giving each of the key, three main key, fla- key flashes like a, a story. Uh, in this 50th anniversary special uh so wally is of course the flash uh post crisis um this isn't this isn't you know starting like batman like where we're starting right after crisis this is starting a bit later this is um i I think around 1990 i want to say but so we're a little bit later in a little bit later on the timeline uh, what I did not expect in this issue, actually, and something that I didn't really know about from this early Wally West stuff, is that he, everyone knows who he is, and that obviously changes after a certain point. Uh, yeah. But right uh, now, his his identity is public knowledge. Yeah, he's, he's not necessarily got the same personality that we would think of as Wally West right now. He hasn't been kind of forged into that yet. I feel like Mark Wade's the one who's going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you think yeah over the course of the run uh i feel like that's what's going to happen um so yeah so yeah so it's the send this dude back because there's this uh this villain mota who's uh going to span all these years and eventually cause this apocalyptic event that's happening so that's what they're trying to stop simple time travel stuff so we go back to g garrick uh and i have to say i really like the art and uh the the g garrick section. yeah me too it's a lot of fun yeah, uh, again, a lot, a lot of swishing around, him running in to speak to the... Uh, is it the mayor he goes to speak to at the start? Yeah, it's the, the president, isn't it? No, it's kind of the president. It's like it's not the mayor, it's bigger than the mayor. He's like head of like CIA or something like that. Okay. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it is, because he comes across the country, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, and this guy uh, wants Jay to investigate these scientists because they might because he goes he's going on a whole rant about the commies like oh the commies like like you know because this is post-world war ii uh timeline wise in terms of where in terms of where it's set and yeah. he gives him a list of names oh some of these scientists might be working with the commies and interestingly jay garrick's one of those names he's like wait that's my name what what, what? <laughs> what's yeah. happening and he also recognizes one of the other ones as a friend and we also notice as the as the readers uh the name manfred mota uh, we see that name Moto on there. Uh, yeah, and he does tell us a little bit about him. You know, it was a, an, an army site case. Mm. Uh, so, you know, he's on, on the list. Of, you know, like, okay, it's teasing this. So it, it does make it feel a little bit more connected to the overall issue than just here's a random Jay Garrick story. Oh, sure. I mean, all, all the stories do connect to the villain, even if the, the time traveler doesn't feature that much. Yeah, but even like uh, like really early on in this, where before we even got a hint of what the villain is for this, mm. it, the way okay, there's he's on that list. He's part of this investigation. Yeah, so that's that's just kind of a city government guy, and Jay doesn't want to be anyone's personal spy. That's not how this is. Uh, he jo- amusingly he asks his assistant to follow the Flash, <laughs> and he's like, and, and he's like, how? Yeah, how? <laughs> like, how am I supposed to keep up with him? <laughs> Uh, so uh, Jay helps a couple who get trapped at a, a railroad crossing you know speeds the car out uh, and we actually see how this fits into Jay's life in the sense that Mota is buying some stolen uh, parts uh, basically 
from the janitor who works at Jay Garrick's lab. Yeah. Uh, which is notable because when Jay comes in uh, and he, you know, he gets his shirt and tie on and he, he talks to the janitor and the janitor's like, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. So lucky that, that, that uh, you know, that criminal meeting that I just had ended in time. Uh, yeah, real convenient. But he walks out, he has a wad of cash sticking out of his back pocket, uh, which looks suspicious and becomes a major plot point here because uh, I, I did note down as well that Jay says to himself, oh, maybe we're paying the help too much if uh, he's walking around with that cash. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it, it's one of those where I get what he's saying, but kind of shitty because if, if you could be afford to be paying that on that and not even notice, then maybe you're not paying them too much. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should be paying them more. Uh but uh, he actually notices there's some like a was it radioactive it's, it's, it's glowing and he's like yeah, yeah i'm gonna test this because that, that, that doesn't seem right yes uh so when he confronts the janitor about it uh, the janitor pulls a gun and he's like stick it boss man but obviously jay speeds around and does his flash stuff to get away um yeah so he goes goes to speak to a friend that was on the list uh, after turning this guy into the police not knowing what he did really ultimately uh, and he goes to speak to this old friend and says, hey, th- th- you know, you were accused of being a, a commie spy. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, and he explains that, oh, we've all been under surveillance ever since, you know, I left the Manhattan Project and he's a pacifist and yada, yada, yada. Um, and this is when Mota uh, comes out the bank across the street with bags of cash. <laughs> yeah, and Jay has to, you know, run across and stop him. And, yeah. and he's using the, the name uh, Atom Smasher as well at this point. He is, yes. Not to be confused with Atom Smasher we're going to talk about in GSA later. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, yeah, gets a bit of a fight and Jay gets beat. Uh, uh, Atom Smasher is able to use his powers to, to defeat Jay with uh, rocks a, and stuff. He gives yes. him a, a clobbering on the head. Yeah, so Jay wakes up and his buddies sort of like nursed him back to health and kind of explains what's going on. Uh, also explains that hey, if you couldn't get work, I could you know hire you. Like it's like ah, I don't want charity. Plus you know the government would just be all over you because they're sort of you know constantly watching me and scrutinizing everything I do or interact with. Yeah. Uh, but you know Jay goes back out to deal with the deal with you know Mota and is able to. And it's right around this time we see the time traveler in a trench coat. Like oh, I need to get close to him and talk to him. Uh, and just as Jay like wins, saves the day. Or I should say the scientist dude saves the day. Really, he, he sneaks up yeah, behind. He, he unplugs the power pack. Yeah, he sneaks up behind and disconnects his his his, uh, his backpack thing that's given him his powers. Uh, but unfortunately, the time travel his time's up, and we just see the trench coat just fall to the ground. Yeah, and it's He's gone. gone. Yep, uh, and that's kind of it. Um, and that's basically it. So yeah. there you go. And, and then, then we. They arrest uh, Mota. Yeah, they do. Um, I actually kind of glossed over who did that one. I, I the credits page much up at the start, and I didn't notice. Uh, it was like the second or third page in. Yeah, um, I'll go back later. <laughs> That's too, too much effort digitally to go back now. Uh, but uh, I mean, we do have to mention the creative team for the second story. It's a bit unfortunate uh, this one uh, because the writer's Jared Jones, who was just uh, put in prison for possessing lots of uh, child pornography so uh bit awkward when i noticed that name yeah uh and i haven't read this uh, there's an entire section of uh green lantern that is now kind of like like not unreadable but like it's there like there's like basically all the emerald dawn stuff and the early like hal jordan stuff from the 90s is just kind of all under him 
and it's it makes because they were going because they were releasing trades of it and they stopped after volume one because that's when all this stuff you know came out yeah, pretty understandably yeah so uh really really awkward uh the artist though uh is carmine infantino so yeah a classic so yeah and now you know atom smasher has become has he changed his name yet or is that the third story he changes his name uh, I think he's Atom Master now, right? Atom Master, okay. Because uh, in the third story, he's like Captain Fallout or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Professor Fallout. Professor Fallout, there you go. Uh, so Barry is testing his treadmill and he's like, shit, I've run out of time. My clock stopped. I need to go and see Iris for a day. Uh, as a as Mota, we see that in prison over the last like 20, 30 years, he's been prepping his, his big comeback. He's been dastardly scheming he has everything ready and he's just still furious at the flash yes so he's like oh the flash has got a better costume than the last yeah, 20 30 he, years he doesn't realize it's different people he's like oh you know he disappeared only to resurface with a new costume so iris is mad at barry for being late of course barry's got this weird thing now because of whatever he's doing in the lab he's all magnetic so all the cutlery's sticking to him and he's like let me go to the bathroom and shake off this magnetism yeah uh, a lot of digs from her but yeah sure real magnetic you yes uh, unfortunately though um he so he runs back to the lab because he can do it back to the lab he's like oh i'm the flash no biggie but on the way back a crisis clearly is arising uh you know motor's got this big atom device in the middle of the city and it's a giant neutron bomb and he's going to blow up the city if all the banks in the city don't give him their money uh within an hour uh and we have uh, the time traveler john fox in the crowd as well uh, looking yeah. on so again barry tries to fight fight motor and he fails uh he he loses yeah he's got some some gadget to shoot him with yeah uh and the the city's like oh we have to pay them in fact there's a really funny line here actually someone one of the banks says, i hope our federal bank insurance covers this <laughs> i've got a feeling it doesn't <laughs> yeah Insane ransom demands of an absolute nut job. I don't think so. Uh, so basically, Mo actually kidnaps Barry and has him in this kind of atom device uh, that keeps him uh, captive. Uh, but Barry eventually realizes that if he vibrates in just the right way, classic Flash stuff. This uh, he'll he'll get out. <laughs> hey, uh, if it works, it works. I noticed there was a lot of pink backgrounds in this this part of the uh, story. Yeah, I think it was the. Because uh, it was the the atom device was pink, so I think it was meant to be the impression that that was giving off all, mm. all this. Okay, all right. Uh, Barry, it was actually a really funny panel at one point where Barry's kind of raiding one of the atom like uh, electrons. Yeah, yeah. If you're unfamiliar with an atom, you have the neutron, but then you have the electrons going around it in a circle. So that's why you get that circular kind of design. He's actually raiding it. Like think think of like Saturn, as if he's raiding the ring of Saturn. Saturn. <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of his plan of how to escape. Is yeah. if he goes with it and rides around and around. He can build up enough speed to then kind of just break out. In fact, my biggest critique of this middle story with Barry is that there's actually too much uh, science jargon, which they felt the need to try and explain in like caption boxes. Yeah, and I'm like, you, you have need... to explain like positrons and yeah. In fact, the one that actually made me laugh the first time I read this, and I laughed again when I read it this time. Uh, a couple, it's when he's fighting. He runs back out, obviously, and goes to fight uh, uh, Mota. Uh, editor's note: a cyclo- cyclotron. Like I had a to like, synchrocyclotron, yeah. Synchrocyclotron. I had to like look at that like three times to read it properly because there's so many goddamn syllables. Uh, it's a particle accelerator which isolates protons through a frequency matching angular velocity of the particles. Yeah, that doesn't explain anything to me. That's still all just mumbo jumbo jargon. 
It's it's weird because I appreciate the effort to educate. That, yeah, but that's the same as someone who's already done like two years in university for physics and chemistry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Uh, just just have the mumbo jumbo word and pretend we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I'll dumb it down a little bit. Yeah. For for the rest of the simpletons, thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, so he beats uh, beats Motor and. Uh, basically, you know, the time traveler John Fox gets closer. He's like, "Hey, Flash, Flash! It, the future of the Earth depends on me telling you this." And he turns around, and there's just a trench coat lying there. He just ran out of time. And amusingly, Barry just thinks to himself, "Well, if it's something important, it'll happen. You know, it'll, someone will mention it again." <laughs> That's like you know when you you miss a phone call and they don't leave you mm. a voicemail, and you go, "Well, if it's important, they'll ring again." Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, little does he know that this guy can't just ring again. So. So Barry yeah, goes back to like, back to his yeah. date, uh, and Iris actually he's not in trouble because Iris ran off to report on the the things that were happening and apologizes to him for being missing for you know an hour, and he's like, oh that's okay, I forgive you, I I leave you waiting long enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so off they off they go. Happy 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 times, uh, and that takes us to the Wally story. Uh, where. He owes money for a shoe deal. He, he was ordered, rich before. He ordered a lot of shoes, and then he can't yeah. afford to pay for the shoes. Uh, but this this crazy woman runs in, and uh, it says, "Hey, you know, I know you're the Flash. You have to help me. You have to help me." Uh, it turns out she's been dating Mota uh, while he's been in prison. Uh, and what's the, so the timeline of this weirds me out a little bit. So Moa by this point. Given that he was, let's say, in his early 20s when he was fighting Jay, right? Sure. Right? You know, this is like 1990, say, so it's been 45 years, maybe? He's like 65? Uh, it depends when the... 45 is maybe a bit of a stretch for for, for when the first one was set. Oh, it's post-World War II. Okay, so let's say even 1950. Let's say 1950. Yeah. And we don't know how immediately after it was as well, so it could have been a bit of time. But yes, yeah, so it's about 40 years. It's about 40 years, right? So, and this woman comes in, and the reason why I'm even noting this, okay, fine, like, maybe this woman's just older than she, she looks, she likes older men, whatever. Uh, but she she then, she says that she she offers to bribe, bribe Wally with her body as payment for helping her uh, stop what he's doing. That caught me off guard. I was not expecting her to be like, I will brave you with my body, Flash. Yeah. She doesn't look that young, to be fair. She doesn't look that young. She was middle-aged. Yeah. But, you know, like... She's probably like in her, in, in her mid-40s, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, Mota's older than that. He's definitely older than that. I, I would suspect so, yes. There's no way he's not. Uh, so, anyway, while he's like, okay, tell us what's going on. Uh, and Mota now going by Professor Fallout is like, you know, launching his Dazzler plan. He's built a suit. It's almost like a Mr. Freeze style suit, but it's for, you know, radiation and yeah. Fallout shenanigans. Uh, we see him blast one of his henchmen uh, when he first tests it in the flashback. Uh, so here's the thing. A little bit of uh, humor here is that uh, John Fox actually gets here early and he comes to the apartment and he's like, okay, I'm going to talk to us. This is my last chance. I can, I can get Wally West. And Wally runs past them and says, hey, you hear about the shoes. I'll, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> it just speeds <laughs> off. He thinks he's about he's the shoes. Like, shoes? What the hell? Yep. So, and of course, like before... 
while he I gets to say, I, I like how Fox gets himself a trench coat every time he, he gets here because he doesn't take that with him because we've That's seen him uh, left behind. He somehow finds the same trench coat every time he travels through time. You're right. Yeah. Uh, dear. Uh, so he, he, he wastes however long of his hour in making sure he has a trench coat and a hat. So while he gets beat, but yeah, so he runs away to try and figure out what how, what he do, and he goes to a scientist, uh, uh, a, a power plant, and basically. Uh, there's kind of a theme here in this story that because nuclear power is like kind of scary, uh, she like covered up a theft of something because she doesn't want the public perception of nuclear power to be again sort of tarnished. Yeah. And but he goes to the scientist who works in a bar. I, I got real Cheers vibes from this. This felt like the the, the you know uh, from the first few seasons of Cheers, uh, the coach who worked yeah, behind the I bar. It looks like him, and he's in a bar, so it, it you know so it works. Yeah, uh, but he explains what's going on, uh, or to like you know how more maybe science mumbo jumbo, more science mumbo jumbo. Yeah, uh, so Wally takes him with him, uh, and they do some sciencey stuff in the fight uh, to to stop to stop him to stop Moa, and that's basically it. Uh, yeah, not, not much to really say beyond science mumbo jumbo, and of course John Fox once again disappears uh, just before he can actually say to Wally what's actually happening. Uh, which gets us to the final story, which is back in the future. Uh, Mota has become a radioactive-looking version of Tarpit, essentially. Uh, he's big yeah. and monstrous. He's not a human anymore. Uh, things have gone far too far. Uh, John Fox comes back, and it's actually quite dark. He comes back, and like uh, Mota's actually killed like most of the people that were in the control room with him. Like all those people who sent him back are actually dead. Uh, which is you know pretty sinister, uh, mm. but they run to the the Flash Museum. Uh, this is after John Fox ends up with super speed. Yeah, which he got from the the, the traveling, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he runs to the Flash Museum and builds himself his own speedster suit, uh, which is sort of blue with like a sort of red kind of think the Green Power Ranger. It's like blue, but with the the shield is red. <laughs> Yeah, and then he has the Flash symbol on it because he's like, well, I might as well be the Flash. Yeah, because this, this generation needs a Flash. Uh, so, it, it was funny, obviously, like, going forward, we're going to end up with, like, Dawn and Dawn, and we're going to hear all these, you know, Bart and all these different versions of Flashes in the future, but uh, at least for now, we've got this John Fox as uh, as a Flash in the future. Yeah. And he, sp- he speeds around, the museum gets trashed. Uh, some nice stuff here, actually, is uh, as he's, like, defeating them there's like, a, there's like a mother and child hiding behind a statue of Jay which I thought was a nice a nice yeah, little touch yeah no, that was real nice but he uses the cosmic the uh, the, the treadmill uh, to whip up his speed and the colouring goes all weird here as they're kind of in like a kind of hyper time yeah yeah everything goes sort of like pale uh, pastel colours um, yeah and you see all these different time periods around them yeah uh, and basically, Mota gets launched into a star or planet in space. Is basically what happens, uh, and it kind of ends with John looking up at the statues of the three Flashes and kind of saying, "We beat you. It wasn't just me. It was you know all of us. It was the Flash." And the issue ends with a Flash Day celebration in the future, as they celebrate, uh, you know, everything the that all the Flashes Flash. have done. Yeah. yeah, and there's a statue of him now as well. Uh, and in the back of the issue has got some profile flash facts of the various flashes, which uh, I did not read for this purpose of this, I must admit, because... I skimmed them. 
you know, it's already been 80 pages by this point. <laughs> so, um, no. Uh, honestly, all things considered, it's, obviously it's a bit long-winded and you know, whatever else. And it's not really a true representation of Mark Wade's run yet because it's not really a Mark Wade issue beyond just him doing the future story. No. Uh, but as a special goes, it's actually quite enjoyable. Um, I think, I actually like this more than some of the 80-page specials we get now where it's just all a bunch of random stories. This actually, I, this was kind of nice that it all had like a through line that had like kind of a message at the end of, no, no, all these flashes have inspired a new flash in the future. Do you know what it is? It felt like, it felt like it had an editor. Yeah. That went, hey, look, th- this is where the, the, the other story is going to leave off. You know, you need to take this villain, get him to this point by the end and do whatever you want in the meantime, right? And you know, it was divvied up like that. And like, hey, you're doing a J story. Introduce this villain. Whatever else you want to do around it is fine. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels like that. And as opposed to what we get now of just eh, do what you want for ten pages. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and the art was generally solid. Again, very of its time. That's why one of the weird things about uh, sort of rating art from previous time periods is kind of getting into the mold of what art looked like then. Uh, yeah, like some more than others. Of course, of course. Uh, so, what are you giving it? Uh, I'm gonna give this a. Uh, I'll give it a seven. It's it's solid. Eh. I'll go with seven point five. I think. I I think it's a fine issue. Obviously, it's long winded. Um, there's a little bit of repetition here or there, but. Ultimately, it's it's pretty well intentioned, and it it, it it you know it held it holds together quite well for what it's doing. So yeah. uh, that's the Flash 50th anniversary special, which will take us on to Black Canary Oracle Birds of Prey issue one. Uh, this is a one shot. Now, admittedly, when I looked these issues up, this wasn't the first one that came out. The trade has them swapped for some reason, so we're just going to do it in the trade order, which is why we're doing this one first. Because uh, the other issue that we'll be doing next week or next episode, is a Showcase 96 issue 3, I think it is. Um, uh, but this is an oversized issue. This is about 60 pages. And it's very much... And I, I think maybe the reason why this is first... I, I'm, is This is very much the first time they work together. So I guess it's more of a story reason why this is first. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, whereas I presume the other one had them working together already. And this was kind of like, oh, we're going to go back and explain how they started doing this kind of thing. Uh, so... This is so yeah. There's no huntress. Like I think when many of us think of the classic birds of prey, we think of the the, the trio, right? Yeah. Uh, but we don't start off with a trio. We start off with just Oracle and Black Canary, and and then and then what you can do is you can throw Harley Quinn in there. You piss off, you ginger shite! I will not have none of that garbage. It's gonna be a great movie. Shut up. Uh, so this story is about a kind of environmental, well, not environmental. It, I mean, the, the the villains are pretending to be environmental. The, so we got this guy who goes to like third world countries and builds like you know, uh, you know, water treatment facilities, factories, things that can help the envi- you know the people there create jobs, try to build up civilization, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. These eco terrorists keep blowing up everything he's doing under the guise under the guise that something isn't uh, you know it's just bad for the environment, um, and 
Oracle enlists the help of, of Black Canary to go in and investigate this. Partially because she needs something to do. She's kind of in a bit of a weird place in her life. Uh, Chloe breaking up with Oliver, uh, presumably not too long before this, has left her in a bit of a slump. Uh, yeah, she's not doing too great. Uh, you know, we introduce her. Uh, Noble, by the way. Uh, so this is Chuck Dixon writing with Gary Frank on art. Uh, just yeah. point that out. Early Gary Frank, which does look very different from modern day Gary Frank. Uh, it's still very good. Still, yeah, still good. Still very much in keeping. Because he, he also did the uh, the mid-90s Supergirl stuff with Peter David, which is a, definitely a run we'll do at some point. Uh, mm. So, yeah, Gary Frank was doing a lot of comics. This is, I can definitely see how he was able to do this monthly, though, versus what he does today, which is a lot more detailed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I say, it, it's weird to think of Gary Frank as a monthly artist, isn't it? It's been so long. But there was a time. There was a time. Uh, so a couple of guys try to like you know steal her car <laughs> and she just she's kinda, having none of it <laughs> yeah we get a few pages of her just beating the shit out of them and dropping one liners and being all fancy uh, this is a black hair that takes off her wig to reveal the brunette hair uh, although that doesn't last very long because she uh, dyes her hair blonde uh, after this but she uh, gets the call from Oracle uh, to to go to the airport and she goes to Gotham because this guy um Nick Devine is is uh, making a speech there, and she's there to kind of she's a, he's a bit of a ladies' man, uh, which is why you know, Canary's, yeah, is is good for this because she's got the attitude and the looks to kind of like sort of lure him in. Uh, yeah. I did like the first time we actually see Babs, she's got like a little Batgirl doll. Yeah, <laughs> on her desk. I saw that. That was nice. That was a neat touch. Uh, so. Uh, she calls uh, her dad as well, calls Gordon, uh, and he's like, he's like, oh, you got a date? Is that why we can't have dinner? And she's like, nope, something else, more of an appointment. So, uh, Babs has clearly got money because she's got uh, Dinah a car, uh, as well as the, the, the air ticket, the, the plane ticket uh, as well, what of course. I'm pretty sure it's an Aston Martin as well, so not a cheap car. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a rental job, but still. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, she gets briefed on everything. She, she dyes her hair. She gets her, you know, Oracle's got her new outfit. Um, she is just like strolling around in her outfit as well, like even before this, when she's on the plane, she's just yeah, it's yeah. it's almost something you could critique, but it kind of goes with her attitude of she doesn't really seem to care about anything right now. She's just kind of yeah. eh, whatever. Uh, so she gets like an outfit that's not just the the skimpy fishnets and and whatnot, uh, something a bit more you know tactical looking. So she goes and meets uh, this divine. She's in a fancy dress, kind of you know convinces them to <laughs> let her into like her secret a secret meeting. But they get attacked by the eco-terrorists. Um, and we meet Lynx, who immediately recognises that it's Dana. <laughs> and says, this is Black Canary. <laughs> and he's like, oh, is it? Well, good job she's here, isn't it? Yeah, and he's like, hey, I'm going to hire you to come protect me. Because if both of you are watching my back, then no one will get to me, right? So that's that's what happens. Uh, there's a whole action sequence here where they're fighting the eco-guys, uh, for the record. Uh, and she great. and she sees a tattoo. I specifically liked how when they go outside and they're dangling out the window, it goes to like silhouette against the, the dark blue sky. I like yeah. that. Nice stuff. Some, some really nice looking panels here. Uh, so yeah, so that sets up what they're going to do. They're going to this other country, uh, and she's going to go with them. Uh, I did like how every time it cuts cuts to like her talking to 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 Babs, like Babs will be doing something differently. So she's swimming at one point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's always just something. Yeah, she's she's up to something else. Uh, you know, so I actually one of my favorite things about this issue is kind of Bab's commentary because because she, she says up Oracle with like an earpiece and like a uh, like a microphone kind of that's in her throat, you know, sort of high tech shit. And every time like Devine says something really like sleazy to Dinah, you just like you hear the commentary from Bab's going pig <laughs> or or what sleaze ball or something. Yeah. She's often really sarcastic as well. 
yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so of course, I mean, there is a little bit of uh, the uh, the TNA stuff in here. There's a like when when or or sorry, when Dana's shooting up for the first time in her new outfit, there's like a there's like a close up of her like zipping up the the top uh, right or cleavage. Yeah. Like, so there's a little bit of the you know the slimy kind of it's it's weird sex though, appeal. because at the same time the outfit is technically significantly less revealing than it was. So this is still a step forward. It's a step forward, but it's kind of having your cake and eating it too. It's like, okay, we're going to give her a more, like a less sexualized outfit, but we're going to have a shot of her putting it on so we can still have the sexy moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming they won't do that every issue though. So it's, oh, just, it's just like first yeah. time, hey, you know, we, you know, before we reveal it. They'll find a reason to have her do oh, something probably. skimpy. It'll happen. Probably. So they get to this country, um, which... It may be a made-up country. I didn't recognize the name of it. Uh, the one that I know, because it's yeah, I think it's made up because you know, and then this capital city is named after this guy. Yeah. Uh, so you know, they're getting getting the tour. Uh, we see kind of the poverty that's in the kind of the the city uh, away from the the leader, of course, who is obviously rich and has everything he wants. Uh, but uh, also, I love that Babs is just throwing stars at uh, a photo of the Joker. Uh, when she's talking to 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 Dana at one point, I'm just as I'm going through, I'm just I'm remembering all these little moments of like Babs just doing things when she's talking to Dana, yeah, and how funny some of them are. Uh, but um, yeah, so she she goes uh, investigating uh, the local dam and she finds eco terrorists, these eco guys, planting a bomb, and she fights them off. Uh, Link shows up to fight Dana, and basically the reveal here. Uh, and there's a lot of good pages of action here. I don't want to like gloss over it too much, yeah. but there, there's a lot of nice pages of like you know kicking and punching and swooping. And some and... gorgeous coloring with the the purple and blue night sky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely good stuff. Uh, so basically, it's revealed that this guy Devane actually is with these terrorists, and he basically cheaps out on the production of all this stuff, and then the terrorists actually cover up the fact that everything's not up to code. Like he's pocketing so much of the money that's supposed to be spent on all this stuff that he's raising, and then. The, the the cover up so because it gets blown up no one ever knows that it was it wasn't you know proper it wasn't up to code uh and that's what uh, basically we have to deal with here and but there's a great moment here where Dina is like out for the count and Babs is kind of giving her a speech there's a great moment where Babs is sort of saying hey uh you know you remember Batgirl and she's like what does that have to do with me and she's like this is everything to do. so you, you get the impression here that Dina didn't know that Oracle used to be Batgirl I don't think she did no I don't think so either and. This is very much her admitting that you know she's she's kind of using uh, Dinah to at least kind of get something out of this. Yeah, uh, but there's that great moment where she's telling her this, and there's just like a silhouette of Batgirl behind her head. I just yeah, I really, really nice. I like that a lot. But it basically, it's it's the speech for uh, Dinah to like you know get back on her feet and fight back. Uh, so it's a really good moment, uh, all things considered. Uh, unfortunately, the dam still goes. Uh, for a great panel of it happening with the full moon and then running them. off in the opposite direction yeah really really good page uh, and you know Babs has a nightmare about the Joker it's a whole thing um, and wakes up and yeah. I actually I wasn't expecting this issue to get as dark as it does because when Dana goes down to like, the, the village uh, there's a straight up a panel of her finding a, a, you know a malnutrition child in, in the water dead like drowned yeah. like it almost makes me wonder, like, how much this was in the news at the time in the nineties. Like, was this really topical at this particular moment? For, and this is why they wanted to go this far with it and to really use I, it. I suspect it was. Um, but really good stuff. Uh, also, you're are you drifting to up up the camera? Like your eye lines like right so. at the top of the frame though. I've not been paying attention, but 
No, I mean, picked up a touch. There you go. I don't think so. Uh, so yeah, it's super dark, uh, which gives us a reason for Dinah to really want to beat the shit out of this guy, and even kill him perhaps. And Babs has to talk her out of killing him, but ultimately comes in, beats the shit out of her. There's a really funny moment actually where uh, Lynx goes to fight, and Lynx is kind of a knockoff like, I don't know, Shiva basically. <laughs> She's like a yeah. C tier Shiva. Uh, Lynx goes to fight her, and we just get a bunch of sound effects as uh, we see uh, Divine's reaction, and we just see Shiva. Or sorry, sorry, that's my fault. That's my own <laughs> fault. We just see uh, Lynx uh, slide uh, down the table, not unconscious, towards him at the bottom of the. Pa- I, I really like that. She gets beat up off panel and then just slides in. It's like, it, it plays like a nice comedy beat almost. It does. It's really effective. Um, and she sort of breaks Divine's hand. And is like, you're okay, you're coming in. Uh, and because she, she's tracked him down because he's not in, they're not in the same country she had to track him down uh, I think in England and they call Scotland Yard to come and pick him up so yeah. uh, Scotland Yard comes in uh, and it ends with uh, them saying hey maybe we can go do more stuff together we can you know take down more bad guys uh, as she rides down in a Corvette or whatever it is so yeah she's like hey have a, a Caribbean vacation whereabouts Santa Prisca <laughs> <laughs> no, really good. I, I really like this issue uh, yeah, I think the banter was really good. Uh, Chuck Dixon uh, wrote a lot of good comics in the nineties when it came to the Bat Family, and this is you know it's just tangentially Bat Family. Babs is there. Uh, I feel like the the more it goes on, the more we kind of associate it with the Bat Family over time. Yeah, because again, Huntress is kind of associated with the Bat Family, even though she's not technically a bat. You know, like there's a lot of connections yeah. like that. But, you know, yeah, it's because there's a different version of Huntress which is very associated with the Bat. Yeah, but the one that's so, in continuity typically isn't. Yes, yeah, but yeah. it's just weird that just because of that, the 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 legacy of the mantle is kind of associated with 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 the Bat Family now. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, what are you giving it? What are you giving it? Uh, uh, this is a this is a great issue. I'm giving it an eight point five. Yeah, I'm. I'll give it a nine. I really liked it. I, I it's just you know I think more than anything, uh, and it helps that this even though I don't know if the main run was like guaranteed when they wrote this, it does feel like the start of Jackson's book proper yeah definitely yeah so uh i'm into it i'm into it uh so yeah nine out of ten for me uh good stuff uh so i'll take us on to gsa secret fails and origins issue one james robinson and david goyer writing so we said this is a jeff john slot uh john doesn't actually start writing it for a few issues <laughs> right? it's like issue like six or something yeah like that. It's, it's basically after the first arc but everything that happens in this first arc is relevant and important so we have to go through that arc too uh, so uh, Scott uh, Benefield is the artist, if I'm saying that right. Uh, so this issue, of course, like does drop you in the deep end a little bit because there is definitely some characters that you know you may not know uh, unless you know DC history. And you know, I'm not going to claim that I knew all these characters the first time I read this. Uh, you know, Wesley Dodds, the original Sandman, yeah, uh, is basically going to die. He knows he's dying tonight. He's going to join his wife. Uh, and he calls in uh, Speed Saunders to say, hey, this is happening. Uh, there's going to be a new Doctor Fate child, basically. Um, you have to tell the GSA this and especially tell Sandy Hawkins, the new Sand, he you know, he needs to know this. And there's a whole idea of him like, passing on the mantle and how he's going to have his dreams. He's going to inherit the dreams. Yes, uh, which is how we end the issue is with Sandy waking up uh, from essentially a nightmare. Uh, yeah. based on this. Except uh, we know it's not just a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, we don't actually get to see it, though, because I, 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 I remember that the next issue starts with the, what the nightmare is. We get to see it next, you know, in issue one of the actual main series. Uh, but we have... Uh, 
uh, this villain pops up, uh, demanding to know where the child is. Uh, what's this villain again? Uh, the Grey Man? No, not the Grey Man, the big villain. Oh, oh, oh the big villain. Um, I can't remember. Did, did they say his name in this? I don't know if they do. Maybe they I don't. We, we definitely learn it later, I'm sure. Yeah, we definitely do. Um... No, I don't remember his name. It's a bit of a mystery here, though, I suppose. I guess, yeah. I feel like I should know, but I, I, maybe that's just because I know it from later, and I've forgotten it, and not because I'm supposed to know it from this issue. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not sure we yeah. are supposed to know it yet. That's fair. Okay, that's fine. Uh, anyway, uh, so... Yeah, so... so uh, Wesley Dodds goes over the cliff, uh, and, you know, he dies. And the rest of the issue is basically what's left of the GSA, which right now is, you know... Um, uh, Wildcat, Jay Garrick, uh, Alan Scott, who are your fast and Green Lantern, although Green Lantern's going by Sentinel at this point in time, um, and uh, uh, Hippolyta, uh, Wonder Woman of the GSA era, but she doesn't go, by, go yes. by that name anymore because now Diane is using Wonder Woman. So again, yeah. in this continuity, <laughs> uh, Hippolyta was Wonder Woman during GSA time. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so, basically, it's... it's Going around, we're introduced to some of the new characters. We're introduced to Star Girl, although notably, notably not called Star Girl yet, just a Star Spangled Kid. She's not changed the name yet, uh, and we hear her mention. So this is interesting that John's created this character, but the character is here uh, before he's on the book, which I think is interesting. Um, it is, isn't it? It's like uh, I don't know if if she was in some other issues somewhere first. Yeah, that he wrote. Yeah. yeah, or if it was more just a he created her and was like, "Hey guys, uh, maybe he knew he was coming onto the book," and he's like, "Can you?" use this for me yeah uh so but yeah it's introduced it's you know she, uh you know uh thingy uh starman jack knight's dad is making her a belt I, I, there's so many names in this issue god damn it there is and, i'm not sure which one you're reaching for there. but this is the thing there's so many names but they're all names that i don't necessarily hear outside of jsa that much so and it's been a while so <laughs> i'm like yeah uh but yeah and she mentions her, her stepfather uh pat duggan uh, and whatnot so it's setting up some of that stuff we get more of that later uh but uh, alan scott shows up to t- basically tell her about uh, tell everyone about the uh the, the death and that there's going yeah. to be a funeral um and starman's going to have to go uh jay garrick goes to meet our man who's the robotic robotic version of our man um and kind of gives him a bit of a pep talk about how he's maybe starting to be more human than he realizes because human beings like spend their whole life trying to figure out what it means to be human and the fact that you're already questioning these things means you're on a good track and it makes them smile so it's a nice introduction to to this other man um again not necessarily in terms of what his powers are what he can do but just to make us like him a little bit i really like the way that this introduces a lot of the newer characters with with, one with one of the old characters yeah like really well established like you know alan scott jay garrett these are like you know really well established classic characters Mm. Uh, and it's really nice to see you know that, that being the link in so that you you have something to care about when they come in yeah so that's a that's a nice little thing uh we have um the new atom smasher uh al rothstein do i say yeah 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 because uh, the, the, the old one's al pratt and i was just trying to get the, the surname right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so yeah he's like you know what i was i i avoided my legacy i went by different names when i should have been embracing you know where i come from and who i am so he becomes atom smasher uh and because yes, he was nuclon before yes and had a mohawk and stuff and he even talks about how he's, he's embarrassed that he ever wore that <laughs> he ever For had good that, reason. that outfit and that name why did i think this was cool 
Uh, Wildcat goes up to talk to him and tell him um, through his window, and he's like, you know, however many stories up, so that's quite normal. Like, how, how did you get up? And he's like, eh, cat by name, cat by nature. Yeah. So, yeah, so he's there to tell him about it. We don't actually get to see him tell him, but it just ends with him saying, I've got some bad news, basically, and it cuts away. Yeah. Uh, we're introduced to Black Canary. We get Black Canary in two books on this show. So, a lot of Dana talk coming up. Okay, you nothing to add to that? Okay. Sorry, my thing froze. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, funny two-page spread with Dinah. She's, like, fighting some bad guy. And notably, this is after, just in terms of the timeline, this is after uh, the issue of Birds of Prey we read. So she has a costume that's very similar to her Birds of Prey outfit that we just got. Although, uh, she's got, like, a jacket on now, too. But it's a very similar outfit. It's basically the same yeah. thing, yeah. Uh, her hair's longer. Uh, basically, she's having this big fight over this, this two-page spread. Uh, but as she's fighting, all she's actually doing in her, in her narration is thinking about what groceries she needs. So she's, like, doing a shopping list as she fights someone. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say... I really dislike the layout of this page. Um, okay. In terms of the fact that... So that first column of dialogue, or not dialogue, but narration, you read downwards. Mm -hmm. But the art's going across left to right uh, in terms of the, the flow of the fight. So I feel like I'm sat there. I, I read all of this narration and then go back to the fight. I don't feel like I'm getting it organically as the fight goes on. What's weird for me is that I feel like when I look at a page like this, I just see the fight visually because I, obviously I notice the visuals before I read the text, right? Mm. Um, so I see the fight, and to me this is just like an example because the whole point is it's just like a sort of generic fight that's happening. So the order of it doesn't matter that much. So I just see the whole fight and then read the text, and for me it works because I'm not worried about the any particular part of the text, you know, fitting with. It doesn't have to. Li I'm not saying oh it needs to line up yeah. exactly, you know, like with you know this has to line up with this beat of the fight. No, 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 but just. The fight is separated into boxes of this, you know, and it goes, you know, up and across, and then back down, and it has this flow of this is the way the fight is taking place, and the narration is in a complete opposite direction, and it feels really counterintuitive to to how I should read it. Yeah, uh, uh, Hippolyta shows up, saves her from a sniper, and ends like, "Hey, so a friend of uh, mining your mother's has died." So again, that legacy coming in there that you know we're mentioning Dana Drake. Uh, yeah, and if you're only used to the TV show Arrow, Dana Drake is not some random other person. She is Dana Lancey's mother. <laughs> if you're only used to the TV show, then I pity you. <laughs> and then we're interested in the new hot girl, Kendra Saunders, who, uh, for the first time, is putting on the the, the outfit and the wings of uh, Shiera Hall or Shiera yeah. Saunders. Sorry, I think she says, yeah, uh, probably Sanders. Yeah. yeah, she's Saunders, and Shiera was Sanders. There's too much hot continuity to keep track of all these variations of names. It's 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 hawks. Who cares? Yeah, uh, but she uh, puts the outfit on, and we we get. The, I actually really like the art here when she like goes off the edge of the cliff, and she yeah. it's like she's falling and she's going to die, and then we get the full page spread of her like you know swooping yeah. up. But we we talked about some of the the cheesecake stuff in in the Birds oh, yeah. of Prey issue. This is way worse. Yeah, we've got a lot under, but she's bending over to put on her outfit. Um, yeah, and just, which is pulling the top up first. And it's basically just shadows uh, hiding the nipples, essentially, at this point. Uh, so yeah, bit of cheesecake. It's, it's, it's a problematic thing that comic books have had for a long time. It's only just recently that people have really started to call it out. Well, at least enough that I've noticed it. I mean, I'm sure there's always been some people who have said, this is bullshit, why, why are we always doing this? But Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Uh, and the final page is the phone ringing at uh, Sandy Hawkins' place as he's clearly having a nightmare and there's a tear coming down his eye. Uh, and we actually, a nice little touch here is that it, re it repeats the dialogue that uh, 
Dodds had at the start of the issue talking about Sandy and just sort of has it playing over this and it gives it, it's a nice touch like sometimes I get I get annoyed if I have to I have to reread the same text in the same book again I think here it actually has enough weight and impact in this moment to make it really work I agree because I think it's not too much dialogue that it feels like a you know a slog and I think it it, it gives it this it's just this this nice bookend and it's you know that that final line where it's like tell him I'm sorry as he wakes up uh, you know, yeah, and he's crying. It's like okay, that 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 works really well. And it's the important beats as well. It says, you know, uh, it's not my nephew. It's uh, uh, Dian's. We actually never did marry, but he's always been like a son to me. Uh, you know, yeah. it's just it's just the important emotional beats again as we see him, you know, waking up with tears in his eyes, uh, and that's the end of the issue. Uh, so uh, it's worth mentioning that the actual single issue of this did have more pages with like because it's a secret issue, uh, origins and files, so it had like profiles and stuff at the back. It's actually like fifteen pages. Uh, but the actual main story is about the length of a regular issue, and that's what's in the trade. I, in fact, it wouldn't surprise me if all those extra profile pages at the back of the trade. It seems like they probably are, aren't they? Yeah, they probably are. That feels. Like but I can't be bothered to skip all the way to the back nah. to find out. Nah. Uh, if if Comicsology had like a put in a page number to uh, jump it to really the end, should, shouldn't it? I would do it. But you have to scroll through the the the, the scroll wheel to get to the last pages, and I, it was like four hundred pages, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> yeah so um i guess it's a really strong uh, first issue uh, of this run and it's not even john's yet <laughs> no i know but it's really smart and like you know, we say okay so we start with 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 dodds mm-hmm. and then we move into the jsa who's left of them anyway and then it was all these characters that we know it is these these strong legacy characters yeah and, and not... then introduce everyone else through them yeah not everyone sticks around but like it does a good job of using the legacy characters to introduce the new ones, like you say. So they're always in these pairs, uh, yeah. and what it does as well is, is it introduces the core characters. It introduces you know Wildcat and and Hippolyta and the Flash and Green Lantern, and then then has them go. So there's like a through line where you meet them, and then one by one we're introduced to the new characters with each one of them that we've already been. So even if this is your first ever book uh, reading some of these characters, and for most people it probably will be, because I mean. How many people who read, you know, go, oh, go and read Johnsy's JSA have read any actual, you know, JSA or, you know, Earth 2 Justice League from years ago? Like, uh, yeah, a pretty small number, I would imagine. Probably not. So, uh, really, really good in that sense. Um, yeah. Really good. Uh, and the art, for the most part, is pretty solid, too. A lot of good colouring, especially, I thought. Yeah, it's it's, it's really solid. I'm, uh, you know, outside of the, those uh, uh, panels at the end that we were just talking about, there's not really much to complain about in it. Yeah. Uh, so what are you giving it? Uh, I'm going to give this a solid 8. Yeah, I'm going to agree. Solid 8 out of 10 for me. Um, we're not going to rank the books at the end of the episodes like we do with the main show. Um, it's probably quite obvious given our numbers, but I do think it's worth just picking our favourite of the week and just saying, hey, this is the favourite one we read this week. Favourite issue. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for my range, it's really obvious that it's Birds of Prey. It's uh, you know Black Canary slash Oracle Birds of Prey issue 1 to give it the full title. Uh, from memory, I gave both that and Wonder Woman the same rate. Yes. Uh, with, with an eight point five, I'm actually going to edge it to a Wonder Woman. Um, just, I don't know. It, it just it, it intrigued me. Okay. There you go. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so there's not much of a uh, an it. Yeah, it's just too much work to get the covers of all these. If, you, if I've been reading them in the trade. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> to look at the covers, so we're not going to do that. 
not going to do that. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll add on like favorite moment or something as we go forward uh, or whatever. But I'll just remind everyone again that there's going to be a vote on patreon.com slash TV where you can support us for as little as a dollar per month, by the way, if you want to support the show and keep all the content we do coming. Uh, but the $5 tier, you get this podcast a day early, but you also get access to the votes when they happen. And there'll be one every once in a while. The first one will be going up soon after this goes up and it'll be four Superman books that we mentioned earlier and the winner will be the sixth book that we cover in the show uh for the next little while so i uh, look forward to that uh so yeah but otherwise though of course like subscribe let us know what you think of the new show in the comments ding the bell on youtube for notifications uh you can support us in other ways that are free by doing those things but also rating the podcast on apple podcast give us five stars more people will find us that way share the shows on twitter or facebook or social media you know wherever you wherever you happen to hang out and you know Larch, where do you lurch? Wherever you lurch, promote the show. Lurk, yeah, I mean lurk. What's lurch? Lurch is is like a movement, isn't it? It's like a janky jump kind of. You lurch across. I was thinking of the butler from is it Adam's family? Is lurch? Mm, Could be right. It's close to lurch. I meant lurk. That's clearly what I meant. I meant lurk. Sometimes I have brain farts and I say wrong words. Uh, But the lurk, yes. Wherever you lurk promote the show uh yes uh, obviously if this is the first thing you've ever seen from us uh, the main show comics from the multiverse is uh the two of us plus matt talking about the new dc comics every week so you can check out that and remember that elsewhere in the multiverse will alternate with this show once it starts it might not be next week i'll see what i can do i'll try really hard to make sure we can do something for elsewhere next week uh and we can have an episode but uh this will be every two weeks for this particular show uh so hopefully you you enjoyed it and look forward and want to try and keep oh, a couple of people did ask they, they said they wanted to keep up with the books and read the ones we're reading so they can follow along uh which is really cool and hopefully that can be something fun and you know by all means on twitter at dc comics podcast which is a twitter which i don't mentioned yet or on on the comments on youtube please do uh tell us what you think of the books and your thoughts and and whatnot going forward so uh no bad issues this week i'm happy to say no, hopefully we should avoid a lot of that because we've kind of cherry-picked some of the rooms. I feel like it'll always be from Batman because Batman's a bit more just including everything. So there's going to be bad issues of the Batman books that we're going to hit. There absolutely is. And then we might have the odd bad issue here or there in other things because, you know, even th- even even runs that you love have issues that are just... Yeah, a ha- have a dip here or there, yeah. But, like, we're probably in good hands with the rest of the runs because it's all just the same creative teams or at least the same writer yeah yeah this this is down to us kind of having chosen these things that we want to work through uh as opposed to just you know five random things all right so hopefully that was fun let us know what you think um get us on twitter like i say at dc comics podcast get us on uh, the patreon if i didn't thank the patreon producers i've not done that yet i usually do that before i plug it but i was kind of naturally leaning there with the talking about the vote so thanks to our Patreon producers for the month. David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. That means they are $20 are up on patreon.com slash TV. So thank you very much uh, for joining us. Thank you for uh, giving our new show a chance, uh, and we'll see you next time. Um, do I have a different outro for this versus the regular show? I, I think you do. Because Elsewhere is going to have its own outro, right? Yes. Do I remember my outro from elsewhere to do it? I can always just go back and listen yeah, to it. Yeah, I was say, you could just <laughs> Oh, I remember. It was uh, something to do with assembly being required. Oh, God, it was that shite, wasn't it? <laughs> was a terrible outro. Like, one of your worst. I'm just saying, new, 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 new fresh reboot, number one. <laughs> We can have a new outro line. You want a new outro line on Elsewhere? I'll see what I can do. I may just bring that one back to annoy you, though. Uh... 
<laughs> you really forgot to think of one for this, didn't you? Uh, well, it never occurred to me I did a new one, because I, I thought I could just use the same one again. There's no reason why not. Um, because that's cheating. Hmm. Hmm. All right, keep reading comments, guys.